It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals held their final padded practice before their first scrimmage of the preseason. That's coming on Friday, and we will come your way, as a reminder, with a live bonus content episode kind of deal on Twitch. That's going to be on twitch.tv slash hoojay, and we'll get a link out there for everybody. And... We'll also put that up as a podcast, so it's a chance for you to interact with us while we record live. That's kind of cool, and we'll get a bonus episode to everybody covering the scrimmage. But today, James, you were at camp again, as as always. Nothing new there. Let's update the people on what's going on with T. Higgins, with A.J. Green. There's some news about John Ross. We've got an update on Sean Williams. Let's get all of that in the start of the show, and then we'll get into the other interesting observations Joe Burrow throwing another interception today, but also outside of the interception, having a very good day, including in the red zone where he bounced back. So we'll get into Joe Burrow, of course, the offensive line, defensive line battle that's been ongoing. And Cincinnati media also heard from some of the linebackers today. And we'll hear what some of them had to say, because Josh Bynes sounds like he's really stepping up as a leader in that room. But let's get started with the most positive news of the day. We've got big news about John Ross today, and it comes from the most unconventional of sources, James. A Reddit user out in California got John Ross to sign a hat for him. This is user Achilles with a K, 27 with Roman numerals. And the report was picked up, and Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network ran with it and confirmed the report. It was independently confirmed by Fox 19's Jeremy Rao. So in the near future, John Ross is going to be coming back to this team. And that's of crucial importance. And and this was evident, James, in 11 on 11s today when the, the report says, yeah, Joe Burrow found Auden Tate in the back of the end zone for a touchdown, but he might have been sacked. And part of the reason for that could be, well, we don't have the separation guys out there in the wide receiver room right now. So things are taking a touch longer than maybe they would if John Ross, T. Higgins, A.J. Green we're out there. We saw last year what happens when those guys go down, right? And they're not around. And, and obviously T. Higgins was at Clemson. But when, when you take number 11 off the field and 18 isn't out there, well, then things get much slower. And, and that's part of the reason why I think Mike Thomas has gotten some run here because he does bring a little quickness to that wide receiver room. But, yeah, John Ross is – look, we saw his potential last year at the start of the season. And I think he's a better player now than he was then. Uh, but by a, a variety of reasons, I think he's stronger. I think he, he might be faster. Um, but, but to me, 
when Tyler Boyd, one of the things he said last week was that Ross was unguardable and that it was just a matter of keeping him healthy. And Tyler Boyd and Ross have always been boys. Um, I, I was close with Tyler during my first stint covering the Bengals and, and in the Bengals locker room. Uh, same thing now. Um, but I've never heard him say that about John. And so I think that Ross has taken it to another level. And, and I, it would have been a shame if he didn't get to do that. So it's it's really, one, it's great that his family's okay and he feels like he can come back to Cincinnati and, and pursue a big season. But uh, two, I feel good for him because I know he put a lot of work in and now he should be able to hopefully bear the fruits of that labor and uh, and show the fans how good he can be. He will have to pass a couple of COVID tests before he rejoins the team. So we'll look forward to that, hopefully coming down the pike next week and looking forward to next week, James, I think that's something that we're really keeping an eye on for AJ Green and T Higgins. Higgins only going through positional drills again today. I wouldn't expect him to suit up for the scrimmage tomorrow. We already know that AJ Green will not be participating in the scrimmage tomorrow. And if it's status quo for those guys next week and you don't start to see some progress there, then you start to be a little bit concerned, especially when it comes to AJ Green, because at least Higgins is out there working his way back up. And for Green, if we start to see this hamstring linger, it's going to bring up some ghosts from last season. And that's that's exactly right. That's why we're nervous about this. Look, Tyreek Hill has a strained hamstring right now, or you know, or hamstring soreness and isn't practicing. No one in Kansas City is worried, right? But the fact that A.J. Green has missed the season, he hasn't played real football in 18 months, a year and a half uh, of, of football time. It might be more than 18 months. So there's reason for concern, and you hope. My goal is, uh, you know, if, if I were the Bengals, I would try to get Green back on the field for that second scrimmage, which is a week from Sunday. At least that's what it's scheduled for right now. Who knows if that can happen or not? Um, but, but, but to me, you just get a couple reps with him in, in a live game situation because he hasn't played in a game in forever. I think that's important. But it is good to see Higgins progressing nicely. Agreed on both counts. The other good news for the Bengals today, and there's a few good items of news here. You got John Ross coming back, T. Higgins continuing to work his way back. The other thing that's good news is that Sean Williams already out on a rehab field, nursing that calf injury back to health. That's a good sign that he's already out there getting some work in, not just in team facilities, not just out there to watch. He's actively working his way back. That points to a positive outcome from that second opinion and high hopes for Williams' return for week one against San Diego. And Williams being out there is pretty important because you you look at what they're doing at linebacker, at least over the past couple of days. And and Jake, you and I were talking about this before we recorded. It's a lot of two linebacker stuff, which is what they did last year. And if you're banking on three safeties – I don't know about you, but the idea of Jesse Bates in the back and Von Bell and and Sean Williams just kind of roaming around, I like that. And I don't want to put too much pressure uh, on Brandon Wilson, you know, and if you can avoid that and have Sean Williams out there, well, they're paying him $4 million for a reason. So I do think it's good that he was out there, that he was on the rehab field. Uh, He took a knee during one part of practice and I was able to get a good shot of him. And, you know, it it didn't look like he was – uh, out indefinitely, right? It, it did look like there was a, a chance he could be back for for week one, and obviously that's me purely speculating based on the the reporting and stuff. But uh, hopefully it can happen. We'll see if it does. But I, I think that that's 
um, a big piece when you're talking about a defense that uh, has had a lot of moving parts. He's, he's a familiar face that knows this, this system. And we'll get into that in the next couple parts of the show here when we're going to take a look at some of the quotes from Josh Bynes. Logan Wilson talked to the media as well. And they're doing a lot of mixing and matching at linebacker, either base or nickel defense. Both of those for the Bengals at this point essentially feature two linebackers. And so they're, they're trying to find out who those guys will be in those various packages. But to James's point, that's where Sean Williams does come into play. If they need to take another guy off the field at the linebacker level and go dime, they did a lot of that last year with three safeties. That's Sean Williams' value. And Sean Williams also is a much better backup safety to have than a guy like Brandon Wilson or Trayvon Henderson, who were fine backups. But Sean Williams has much more experience and a lot more starting high-quality experience than those guys do. So we'll talk about a little bit of what's going on in the linebacker room. And, of course, the focus will be on Joe Burrow, who... There's a great picture of Joe Burrow today, James. I don't know if you saw it. The Bengalorian went out there and put it beside a Mike Allstop picture because Joe looks like a big guy. He's got his pad level low. He's running with the football. And I think that's probably because he's eating a lot of Built Bars, your favorite protein bar, and a protein bar sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. We've talked about their six new flavors. Don't forget the 12 original flavors. My personal favorites peanut butter and mint brownies still out there. And if you like peanut butter and brownies, there's a peanut butter brownie flavor too. And they're all delicious and they're all going to hit your macros. James, I know you're a longtime user. Why are they so great? Because you don't sacrifice taste. Look, there, there are a lot of protein bars that can do one of the things, right? Hit your macros or taste great uh, or be, be affordable. Built Bar does all of those things. They're affordable, they taste amazing, they help you hit your macros, and they're packed with protein. Whether it's the cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein, Cherry Barcia, the same. Coconut almond, which I love, 18 grams of protein. So look, you're not going to regret this. Go to BuiltBar.com, order some. You can thank us later. And right now, if you make a purchase, they're giving you a free cooler while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's keep things rolling here on Locked on Bengals as we dive into day two of full pads. That's right. The Bengals on Thursday practice and full pads for just the second time this training camp. And Jake, we've talked a lot about Joe Burrow, obviously, on this podcast. And uh, the, the other day he talked and, and we reacted to that. And it was after a poor red zone day. And the, the first thing I want to say is he was stellar in the red zone on Thursday, much, much different night and day. And, and so when I see that to me, what that tells me is that the film work is different because he isn't physically any different than he was on Tuesday, but he took that experience and he learned from it. And, and I'm just going to give you the sequence here uh, of the red zone. And I know that this may bore some of you, but I think a lot of you are going to love it. So first thing was a run. 
and, and I believe it was a, a Giovanni Bernard run that uh, Von Bell was able to uh, to tackle number 25 there. Uh, a screen to Joe Mixon, a quick hitter to Boyd, touchdown to Tate, a run that Von Bell stopped again. Joe Burrow threw one away, slant, touchdown to Mike Thomas. And the quick to Boyd was a touchdown too, by the way. And then he found Erickson in the end zone as well. So the only incompletion he had during this red zone drill was the throwaway. And the other day, I, I believe he was 6 of 12 in the red zone. So great job by Joe Burrow to uh, really respond after a bad day. And he said he was going to. He said, oh, we're going to get better. I'm going to get better. It's going to be fine. I've had a good good couple of days of practice today, not as much, but it was my first red zone day. Uh, they didn't do as much red zone on Thursday as they did on Tuesday, but he was much more efficient. The other thing they did on Thursday is they let him open up deep a little bit, and it sounded like he bounced back from an interception that he threw to Josh Bynes, where Bynes made a good read and sat on a route coming across his face below him in coverage, where he started to carry a deeper zone, but had some good play recognition. And we'll talk about that one a little bit more later. I've talked about Josh Bynes a lot, and I'm going to keep teasing it. We're going to come back to it. But the reason I bring it up now is because right after that, he hits two deep shots right away. And everyone on Twitter is talking about, man, he was great in seven on seven today. He comes back, has a great day in the red zone. He had these two deep balls. And the first deep shots that we've really seen or that I've seen anyone talk about in practice, and he completes them both. And it sounds like Joe Burrow, after having that little bit of a rocky start in the red zone, is right back to those accurate ways, and he's spreading the ball around nicely. It sounded like the offensive line had a bit of a better day today than they did the last time we saw them in full pads. And the thing about Burrow is, with with everything that we're talking about, where he goes up to binds after practice, and and... He's not making the same mistakes. The first question that I would ask Zach Taylor or Joe Burrow, if I had the chance, James, is what, what mistakes has Joe Burrow repeated? And are there any, you know, it, it just <laughs> seems like a kind of guy where he's so smart. He's such a fast processor. He's such a fast learner where he might make a mistake one play, but he's going to learn from it. He's not going to make that mistake the next day. And that's something Zach Taylor talks about all the time. And that's the important thing here is because mistakes obviously are going to happen given everything going on. But even if it wasn't, right, and it was a normal offseason and it was normal preseason, well, guess what? He's still going to throw interceptions. He's still going to not see Bynes drop off of it and stop going vertical, as Bynes put it, uh, and cut in front of the receiver, which, which, by the way, it looked like he threw it right to Bynes. It was just a great read by Bynes and Burrow didn't see him. Um, but the the fact that he, after that, didn't lose his composure at all, didn't didn't get rattled at all, and dropped a dime over Tyler Boyd's right shoulder downfield, which we haven't seen at all during the media portion of camp, which is this week. And then the very next play finds Mike Thomas on the other side, go route near side uh, of our of where we were. It, it was just uh, that was the oh he's a number one pick. Like we haven't had to see many of those throws yet because they haven't done the downfield, but just teardrops just over the defense, either Boyd's going to catch it or it's, it, that's it. You know, it, either Thomas is going to catch it or that's it. There was no one else that was going to get it. Uh, it wasn't underthrown. It was perfect. Um, and heck he found Uzama downfield as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it was not just one guy on Thursday, uh, which I, I do think is important 
um, especially when you're talking about these guys rotating in and out because of all the injuries. Hopefully he can build that rapport with a lot of these guys. So even if there is an injury or two like there has been in recent seasons, the offense doesn't stub its toe like it did so many times over the past few years. So you've got downfield balls hitting guys in stride. There's a great little video that the Bengals put out on their social media channels of a back shoulder throw to Auden Tate that looks perfectly placed. It's perfect for Auden Tate. And I'm just thinking back, James, to when we did that wide receiver preview a few weeks ago and I started going through all the wide receivers and I was saying stuff like, man, Joe Burrow back shoulder to Auden Tate. That's going to be great. That's a great fit for his skill set. Joe Burrow deep to XYZ. Joe Burrow crossing the field to Tyler Boyd. It's going to be great because of the accuracy. And then it's a realization that, oh, Joe Burrow is, is the common factor here. He has all these different strengths. And we're starting to see that. And we saw a little bit of all of that today. And that's why I really like this conversation. You're talking about deep shots. You're talking about bouncing back from a mental mistake or from not seeing something and learning from it. And we're talking about this other clip of this perfect back shoulder throw that is exactly what I dreamed of when I started to talk about this is what this is how he fits with Auden Tate. And so you're seeing all of these skills come out in one practice and it's really hard to not just get maybe a little too excited for training camp. You should. It's it's fair to be excited. Because again, the the very thing he struggled with Tuesday, he bounced back very next time he was in the red zone. The very thing he, he – in speaking of bounce back, he throws the pick and he bounced back right away. Dime, yeah. dime, dime. I, it was – I counted six straight. So they went – they had at least three or four more plays in, in 11 on 11 after the interception. All completions. And then they went to seven on seven and he took a couple reps there before going to Finley or whoever. And it was six straight completions. Yeah. that That is – I, I love that. Like that, that fits the the bill of him getting getting popped uh, in the I forget what bowl game they were in in his junior year at Auburn. LSU. No, are you I, thinking I get, of the Auburn game? Are you thinking of a bowl game? I was thinking of the bowl game. I think maybe it is the Auburn game. Did he get popped and then throw a touchdown the next play? He is got destroyed in the Auburn game and never lost again. <laughs> that that's the story of Joe Burrow. He takes a massive hit and never lost another college football game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I forget which, and I might be crossing up my Joe Burrow stories, but the point is, is now you're seeing that on the NFL field against mm-hmm. NFL defenders, uh, you know, against uh, a guy like Josh Bynes, and then the, I guess it's it, it's time to to push it forward here. The fact that he was willing to ask Josh Bynes what he saw yeah. and what he did to to what tells he had, so the veteran linebacker could make a play on the ball after practice i think that shows his maturity because he could have said oh i I recovered from that i'm balling out i'm the dude puff his puff his chest out and walk baker mayfield and instead you said that i didn't and instead he still wanted to get better and i I think that's a testament to burrow let's listen to what exactly it was that Bynes had to say because i love this quote and and i think that josh Bynes is playing a big part in this team so let's hear what he had to say about joe burrow who he says is the only rookie to ever approach him in that fashion after practice. And then we'll transition to talking a little bit about the rest of the team that isn't the most exciting player in Cincinnati. And not a rookie quarterback. I don't, I don't think I've had a rookie quarterback came up to me. You know, maybe I had a few vets here and there, but definitely not the rookie quarterback, but you could tell he's hungry and wants to get better. And that's why he drew comparisons 
to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and all these guys. Because what's the one trait that they all had? That. That that uh, unrelenting, unwillingness to get better. Um, you know, it, it's it's the, the stories you hear about Bill Belichick ripping Brady. And it's like, oh, well, if he can rip Brady, he can rip anybody on the team. And it's because... Brady always wanted to get better. It's always still right now in Tampa looking for ways to to be as great as he can be. And Burrow has that trait. I'm not saying he's going to be those guys. And I always have to preface it from that, you know, or offer a disclaimer. But that's why he drew those comparisons. And it's good to see that it's translating in that every veteran. I mean, Bynes said he's got a lot of dog in him. And I, and I love that because it's uh, it's true. Bynes had a lot of interesting things to say. And we should talk about some of these other guys on the team, as easy as it is to talk about Joe Burrow and these wide receivers, there were some interesting one-on-one drills for the offensive line today, and it sounds like it was a bit of a mixed bag for them, but maybe some steps forward. And we'll get into the rest of the team and how they're doing in camp coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The linebacker position has a lot of new faces. We already mentioned that Josh Bynes talked on Thursday, um, but he's been a, a really integral part of that linebacker room because... He's helping young guys like Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither and Marcus Bailey uh, and even, a, you know, a Jermaine Pratt and guys like that. And he spoke about that. And it's it's funny because Logan Wilson is kind of a, a dry human being. Right. That's just how he carries himself. And that's fine, at least based on the couple of interviews uh, that I've been in uh, of his. And he didn't hesitate in his face lit up the moment Josh Bynes name got mentioned and he said he's the smartest and I'm paraphrasing but the smartest football player I've ever played with now he is a rookie but that's just a testament to how much Josh is helping these other guys that are probably overwhelmed everyone's focused on Joe Burrow Jake and how he's going to react to you know life in the NFL but these linebackers are probably searching right now uh, and trying to get used to what what is a a much much different game than you know what Appalachian State or uh, Wyoming is specifically talking about Logan Wilson and Davis Gaither yeah and we knew that small school guys coming to a different scheme Akeem Davis Gaither coming from this this overhang rush linebacker position that we've talked about quite a bit to the Bengals 3-4 base kind of scheme there's going to be an adjustment period for those guys it's great to have a guy like Josh Bynes around for that reason. When he came to Baltimore last year, after the first few weeks of the season, Baltimore's defense wasn't very good. And we've talked about this. They also went out and, and traded for Marcus Peters. I get that. But the addition of Josh Bynes coincided with the Baltimore defense coming together. And I don't know if that's just Josh Bynes, right? It probably isn't something that you can attribute only to Josh Bynes' presence on that team. But he also played really well for Baltimore, and he was used uh, in a limited capacity. I would say he wasn't a three-down linebacker like he's probably going to be in Cincinnati, or he wasn't as much a three-down linebacker. But the Bengals, like we mentioned earlier in the show, 
are largely a two linebacker team, whether it's the base defense or the nickel defense. They're going to play two inside linebackers, essentially. They're going to play five defensive linemen, essentially, in their base package. The five, two, or three, four, whatever you want to call it. It's the same techniques for the defensive linemen and linebackers. And then when they go to the nickel, probably those same two linebackers stay out there. Or maybe they'll do some rotation there, maybe not. We'll have to see how the season plays out and whether it'll be Josh Bynes staying in in the nickel the whole season. But Logan Wilson said in his press conference, he's not playing the nickel right now, which is, to me, a little concerning. But we're also hearing and we're seeing that Al Golden is just mixing guys up at linebacker. And without a preseason, it's really hard to get a feel for this. Maybe we'll get some hints in the scrimmages. Maybe we'll start to see some stability next week. But right now, I think there's, you said the linebackers, the rookie linebackers are searching. I think the coaches might be a little bit too despite the investment they made of the position. And they should. I mean, you, you got to figure out the the best combinations, who does what. But we kind of penciled in Logan Wilson in the nickel, right? At least at some point this year. The fact that he's he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not playing the nickel. It's, it did make me do a double take. Uh, and I had to listen to it again after the, the Zoom because you just assume that's going to be something he does. Um, and one thing he did mention is that he was – getting used to man-to-man coverage in the NFL, which is something he didn't do a lot at Wyoming. You know, his athletic profile says he can do that, but he's adjusting to that. So maybe that's one of the things, uh, you know, that's been challenging over the past couple of weeks. And the good news is he's got two really good backs that he can get used to guarding in Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, which should, uh, should hopefully help him in his development here over the next couple of weeks before the season starts. Yeah, and it's not like the Bengals are dealing with Christian McCaffrey every week. And it's not like the Bengals are going to put him on an island and man all that often anyway. But there is a question, and, and it's not as much with running backs, but it's with line, it's with, sorry, it's with tight ends, is who on this team is going to man up against tight ends right now? I still don't know who the answer to that question is. Today there was a training camp video out there, and it was Austin Calitro or not a video, sorry, the, the picture from the bridge that we talked about earlier. It was Austin Calitro on C.J. Uzama, and it was Von Bell on Giovanni Bernard on that play. I think they were five wide on that play is, is what it kind of looked like to me, judging from where the players were downfield. So that kind of makes sense, but Austin Calitro on Giovanni Bernard is not a matchup that I want to see in the regular season. Speaking of <laughs> matchups that I don't want to see in the regular season – Trey Hopkins, there's a video out there. It didn't go so well in the one-on-one with DJ Reader, which is a testament to DJ Reader. It is not a good matchup for Trey Hopkins, who struggles with size and power. And the other important note here, if you're worried about this, is centers generally are not one-on-one in pass protection. There's also some videos out there of Jonah Williams going against Carlos Dunlap and Carl Lawson. So if you're really keen to see how Jonah's doing in one-on-ones, you can go check those out as well. But in the one-on-ones, it sounds like mostly favor defense. But Dan Horde corrected me on Twitter today, and he said Dave Lapham agreed with him. He said the offensive line had a better day today. So that is encouraging. And they did. They were significantly better. There was none of the Joe Burrow gifs running for his life, even though that wasn't really the case, and it was out of context to a degree anyway. And it is Jeff. Damn right it's Jeff for those wondering. That's why it's Jim and Jim. Uh, but but the point being, they improved. 
And that's probably why Burrow was a little bit better in the red zone. That's probably why he had a little more confidence in 11-on-11. So give the offensive line credit. In one-on-ones, was it a different animal? Sure. I mean, there were certainly times where the the offensive line struggled in one-on-ones. Jonah got beat by Carl Lawson a a couple of times in in one-on-ones and really tried to hold his own against Dunlap. First time he got beat, second time I'd probably give the edge to Jonah, but it was probably a draw. Uh, which, again, would probably go to the offensive lineman in a one-on-one situation. But they were better, and, and you hope to uh, see growth there. Uh, the other noteworthy thing offensive line-wise, Billy Price, after pretty much being the backup center the first couple of days, did get some reps at right guard in, in one-on-ones and, and during team stuff too. So uh, that's worth noting. But, again, it's all backups. The, the starters remain the same. Um, and, and that's something that we thought there might be some competition there. We'll see on Friday if there is at the scrimmage, but the ones on the offensive line have remained the same through three practices now that have been open to the media, including the two padded ones. And I think that we'll probably continue to see that on Friday. I, I do want to point out that you use the examples Jim and Jem for Jif, and then you said the word give which is a GI word. And, and it's funny because this debate came up previously when Joe was on the podcast. We're not going to go Jim too far. Jim is GY down. anyway. Yeah, I know. But GIF or GIF is GI, just like give is GI. You see what I'm saying? So there, mm. the, you kind of there, there's an argument for GIF there. I personally go with the creator deciding what the pronunciation is, and he says it's GIF. But if you say – that's why at this point I say, and I said it yesterday, GIF, GIF, whatever. Point aside – Let's get back to the offensive line here. We're seeing some English cons- is stupid. It is. That's true. <laughs> We're seeing some consistency on the offensive line, which we'll see how that plays out is, is kind of where I'm at right now. But to the point of Billy Price working at backup center, I don't know who else backs up center on this team right now. So even if he won the right guard job, if something were to happen to Trey Hopkins, knock on wood, Billy Price would have to shift over to center because I don't think there's anyone else on this team that's backing up at center right now. I think Josh Nipfel, the college free agent has taken some snaps at center, but I would certainly not be counting on him right now. So Billy price backing up at center makes a lot of sense. Would still like to see him get a shot at right guard. Would still like to see Fred Johnson getting a shot at right tackle. And we'll have to see next week if those shots actually come up. Usually I would be bidding you adieu for the weekend at this point as we've wrapped up today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. But James and I will be back tomorrow sometime around 5 p.m. Eastern time. Keep an eye out on the Lockdown Bengals account, my Twitter account, James's Twitter account for a link to a Twitch live stream that we'll be doing. We'll also upload the episode after the fact if you can't make it. But if you wanted a chance to do kind of a live Q&A as James and I talk about the observations from the scrimmage, that is your chance to interact with us in a live setting. Since we can't get together at the Holy Grail or down at the banks, we'll do it on the internet. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.